0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through You'll be set for life. Friends, remember how good God is to you. Don't get so caught up on that squat box that you Listen to the bad news, and you get all upset, oh, the government's going to get us, and we're going to lose all our money, and then you're not happy. Remember how good God is to you. That's what they're doing here. He was good to them when he delivered them from their bondage, and he guided them to their land. He got them to the promised provision that he said he would give them, and he provided for everything they needed the whole way. He even gave them a giant flashlight at night. It was like a tornado made of fire. Now, how many of you would like to see that? I'd love to see that. Christian. The Lord God is providing where you can't see. God, you want me to do what? I don't know where I'm going. God's like, dude, if you need a a fire tornado, I'll give you one. He He can make it where you can see. Don't worry. Just trust in him. So they're remembering he provided all the way through the entire journey. Now, there were a lot of enemies on the way, though. A lot of guys that wanted to take them out. Lots of roadblocks, lots of threats. And the Lord took care of every single one of them. When God called me into ministry, Ray, quit your career. Where where are we going? How am I going to make it? How am I supposed to pay the house note? God says, I will deal with that. Look what I did for Israel. Come on. Hello. (laughs) So I had to kind of catch the sense here. Israel's reminding them. They're remembering what God had done, but they're saying this for us today to read what God can do for us, right? So the Lord took care of all these hindrances. The roadblock of the Dead Sea was in the way. He took care of that. Opened it up. There wasn't a way out there before, but now there is. You know, if God calls you to something, you're like, God, I, I just I just don't see it. I don't see it. Well, walk up to it in obedience, and he'll part it, and then it'll be there, okay? Just like the sea was. So you got all the roadblocks out of the way. God made a way through. Friends, God always makes a way through. Well, I, I don't know, God. I, I, I shouldn't leave my career. I said that. I shouldn't go into full-time ministry because I, I just don't know how I'm supposed to make it. God had to thump me upside the head. Dude, I've got this. Come on. I read the Bible, i like, you're right. So I know you're in the same boat. Where, where am I at with this Lord God? Just trust in him. He'll take you through. He made a way. Every army that tried to kill them, God fought for Israel, and he still does today. I'm going to say that again because I know you've been watching the news. Every army that has tried to kill the Israelites haven't done it yet. Yet, they're still there. We've seen World War II. We've seen the Holocaust. Hitler came and went. They're still there. Okay? God's saying, hello, everybody, I keep my covenant promises. It's encouraging to watch. But every problem that ever raised its ugly head against them and threatened to take them down, God took care of it. You can trust God in this, Christian. Okay? Nehemiah 9 and 13. They're still recalling what God had done through their history. You came down also on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses your servant. Okay, while the Israelites were in between Egypt and their homeland, God took them out of Egypt, but 40 years they were between. They weren't home yet but they weren't in bondage either. They were in this middle place. That's where they now realize that God provided for their well-being even through that. God did not want them to live like Egyptians. When they first got out of Egypt, they had a lot of Egypt in them. They had a lot of culture, and here's how Egypt did it, and we're going to do it like that. You ever wonder why they were lost for 40 years? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but part of it is he had to purge that old Egypt out of them. He didn't want them to live like that. So he gave them the law. That was his divine guidance, not just the the flashlight fire tornado and, and the pillar of fire and go this way and take care of the armies. But he needed to give them something that they could go by, a standard that they needed to follow in his law to keep them right before God. They were realizing all this great stuff God had done for them. They're getting their mind back on God, who he is. Nehemiah 9 and 15. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought them water out of the rock for their thirst and told them to go in to possess the land which you had sworn to give them. Oh, there's people already living there, Lord. We can't do that. We might offend them. No, I'm giving you that. Go get it. It's yours. So this was God delivering on the covenant promise that he had made with Abraham. He says, I'm going to give your people this land. They're going to get there. Oh my gosh, it's dark, it's dry. How are we going to drink? How are we going to eat? There's enemies. How are we going to do that? No, we can't do it. Forget it, God. I'm not going to go. You ever told God no? God told you to go do something. You said, no, it looks too impossible. Well, look look at what he did for the Israelites. They went and he kept his promise. He provided the whole way through. Friends, not one promise of God ever falls to the ground undone. Never. If God can't keep a promise, he can't be God. He is God, and not one promise ever falls. So they recalled the manna they were given. How many of you seen bread come from the sky? I was driving behind an 18-wheeler one time, and the back door broke open, and bread started falling on my truck. And uh, I remember pulling into the garage place that I worked at. I had bread all over my truck. That's the only time I've ever seen bread fall from the sky, but it wasn't like this, okay? (laughs) I took a picture, too. I just don't know where it went. I I mean, I had loaves of bread and, and bagels and stuff all over my truck. It was crazy. But bread came from the sky, and God gave them water from out of a rock. God provided for their needs all the way through their journey. In between Egypt and, between, and their land, he provided all the way so that he could keep the covenant promise that he had made to them. He did it all the way in that in-between zone. So friends, something I want to say, even us Gentiles today, we need to remember that God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He never said that he will provide according to what you have in your bank account. Because if you look at your bank account, it looks kind of scary, doesn't it? How am I supposed to get through what's coming next? It has nothing to do with what you've got. His riches, he provides all of it. So here in Nehemiah chapter 9, Israel had been restored back by God. They're still swirling in their head. Why in the Lord? Why, Lord, would you do such a thing? You're you're just too good to us. They're back in their land of inheritance again. And so they were praising the Lord. Thank you for upholding your covenant promise. God made a promise in this with them, so he had to keep it. Lord, thank you that you're a God that keeps your promises. Friends, I couldn't be saved right now if God did not keep his covenant promises. Okay, Nehemiah 9 and 16. But they and our fathers acted proudly. Oh, here we go again. They and our fathers acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. That took all the composure I had to get through that, because it is powerful this morning in here. Look at how good God has been. So before Israel got to their new land, they got very impatient. You ever get impatient with God? We should have been home by now. Why are we still lost out in this desert? God, you're taking too long. <laughs> you're taking too long. So they stopped trusting in God, and they decided, well, we're lost out here between Egypt and this land God said we were supposed to get. So they decided to, uh, to pick new leaders. We're going to turn everybody around. We're going to march right back to Egypt again. Yeah, where they had been slaves for 400 years. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Friends, when God calls you out into a new life, how dare we look back and say, I think it's better to go back where I was at. Really? You want to go back to that? That's what I would ask the Israelites. You want to go back to where you were slave for 400 years? That makes no sense. How many times have I done that? Oh, God, you're taking too long. I'm going to go do it my old way. Really? Numbers chapter 16, it talks about this new leadership at this one example. They chose these three guys named Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. These guys challenged Moses' leadership. It was basically saying, hey, we're taking over. We're going back. And Moses said, oh, no, you're not. So they had a big standoff about it because we don't like your leadership anymore, Moses. We're going back. And we're going to step out here and we're going to take everybody back. So Moses warned them that if they did not repent, the earth was going to open up and swallow them alive where they stood. Now, how can you not listen to a warning like that? But they didn't. And that's exactly what happened. God opened the ground underneath them and they went down into the grave buried alive. Can you imagine somebody burying somebody alive? The Lord God did this to those that tried to break his covenant promise with his people. That's how serious God takes covenant promises. Anybody that tries to come in and interfere with any of the covenant promises that God has made for you, if they don't repent, God's going to deal with them as harsh as it needs to be. So they were buried alive. He opened the ground and they went down. God was not about to let one, not one of his promises ever fall to the ground because a few idiots were stirring everybody up. Not only. Did he protect them from external enemies, but he also protected them from internal enemies from within their own ranks. So here in Nehemiah 9, the Israelites were remembering when Israel appointed leaders to return them back to their bondage, and now they are thankful that these crazy new leaders did not succeed. Lord, we're thankful you dealt with these guys because here we are. In the promised land, they're oh, all we came this close, God <laughs> thank you for sticking up for us, Lord. they're glad that God is able to bind what He promises, Nehemiah nine and eighteen. look at this, they're listing another one, even when they made a molded calf for themselves and said, "This is your God that brought you out of Egypt and worked great provocations. They provoked the Lord God to anger here, verse 19 yet In your manifold mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud did not depart from them by day to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way they should go. When people do me like that, I'm tempted to go, okay, that's it. You did it. Burned a bridge. I'm out of here. Gone. I'm taking everything, every bit of help away from you that I ever gave you. You're done. Get lost. Get out of here. I'm out. But God can't do that. If God makes a promise, I'm going to see you through. Even though you mess up bad, God's not going to abandon you because if he does, that makes God a liar, that he can't uphold his covenant promises that he's going to make for you. He's got to keep his promises. He's going to deal with the knuckleheads that come in and mess stuff up. Don't, don't get me wrong. This is not a license to sin, but he is going to keep his promises for the people. So I just love it. Even when we mess up, not just a little. But even when we mess up big time, even when we mess up deliberately because I chose it and I wanted it, the Lord still has enough mercy to even counter above us, to not forsake those that He has made His promises to. Now, despite the leaders who chose to lead Israel back to Egypt against God's promise, despite Israel making a golden calf, you know, when I think of that golden calf, to me, it's kind of probably one of the most anger provoking parts of the Bible that we've ever seen. (laughs) The Lord still and I I'm emphasizing all I can, the Lord God still had so much mercy for his people that he didn't forsake them. (laughs) Because guys, give it a give it a split second. I'll ruin everything that God has ever promised me. If if I have anything my way, oh man, almost daily, I'll go in and I'll mess something up. Give me a chance to mess something up. I'll mess it up. I'll mess it up. Good. But thankful that God stands above me, and he binds it above me, and he, de- he binds it despite me. He keeps it. God said, I will take them to the place of their own land ahead. He did not abandon them in the desert. He didn't take the provision. He didn't take the light or the, 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 the guiding things that he gave them. There was nothing that was going to prevent God from making good on his promise. Friends, there is nothing on this earth or on the moon or on planet Mars or anywhere that can stop God's promises that he has given you. Question is, do you know what God has promised you? You need to start reading your Bible and find that out. It'll give you a lot of joy. It'll give you a lot of happiness. But even after this colossal mistake of sin, a couple of big ones they listed, the golden calf, new leaders. Big mistakes, the Lord still continued to guide, protect, and provide for them to get them to that promised land that he said he was going to give them. Friends, this is our God that we still have today right now. It's the same one. <laughs> and you need to know the promises he offers you because it, it'll spur you up. It really will. So even in all of this sin, they still enjoyed the goodness of God, his provision, all the way from out of Egypt, all the way through 40 years in the desert, all the way to the promised land. He provided the whole way. He didn't tolerate anybody that was going to try to break the covenant. They couldn't break it anyway, but he dealt with them. But the people that will follow the Lord God, even if you mess up, and I know some of you are hearing this, well, Ray, that's me. I, I'm I'm kind of a mess up. I mess up a lot. It's okay. I do too. If you mess up as much as me, you might have a ministry too yourself. I don't know. but. Stay repentant with the Lord God and realize, golly, Lord, I, mean, I did this the other day, I did this last week, last month, I slipped a word, and the other day I wasn't nice to somebody, and, I, and Lord, you still provide for me. Golly, you're so good. That's basically what Israel's doing here. All the way home, he provided. Nehemiah 9 and 20, you also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. Okay. Guys, I can tear up a pair of shoes in about a year. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I'm like that. Um, I mean, you know, I, I had to go through my closet today, and I was, I'm going to wear that shirt. It had a hole in it. Okay. I just bought it not long ago. Why has it already got a hole in it? Their clothes never wore out all that walking around that they did, and they didn't have air conditioning and all this stuff like we do to keep things nice uh they They had they were in the desert, dry heat, mountains, rocks, dust blowing around. They didn't sleep on water beds or anything. Not that those are in style anymore, but they didn't have nice sleeping patterns like we do. <laughs> They had to fight in combat against multiple enemies, and they wore the same clothes for 40 years, and they still had them. And their feet never hurt. Guys, they had everything they needed. It's like we don't have the ability to cross that whole desert with the clothes we got. No, it, it's, my, my back's going to be killing me. God's like, I'll take care of that. Don't worry. Never base what you think God can or can't do upon yourself. It's what God can do with you. He can make things happen. Their feet never hurt. They had everything they needed. They never lacked a thing, nothing. Who could do this but the Lord God of Israel? And when you talk to people about God, specify his name. Don't just say God. A lot of religions have a God. Call him who he is, the God of Israel. I'm not just Ray. I'm Ray Jensen. When you refer to people, trying to tell them who I am, say Ray Jensen. Call him the God of Israel. Specify who he is. Only God the God of Israel could do this. This shows that the Lord God loves even sinners. I know there's people in the room, because I'm one of them, that are sinners, and you beat yourself up over the bad things you've done in your past. I want you to know that God loves sinners, because we are all sinners. He has to love us even with our sin. He has mercy above that. Now, that's a lot of patience that the Lord God has here. And if you thought that was a lot of blessing, I want you to look at verse 22. Nehemiah 9 and 22. Moreover, look at that. That word's big. It's like as if it wasn't enough. Moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations and divided them into districts. So they took possession of the land of Sihon, the land of the king of Heshbon, And the land of Og, king of Bashan, you also multiplied their children as the stars of heaven and brought them into the land of which you had told their fathers to go in and possess. So the people went in and possessed the land. Look, uh, promise accomplished there, right? You subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land, that they might do with them as they wished. And they took strong cities and a rich land and possessed houses full of all goods, cisterns already dug, vineyards all of groves, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and grew fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. Now you think God provided for them through the desert. Look what he gave them when they got home. What's interesting is most of what they needed had already been established for them before they got there. Friends, when God calls you to something, but I can't see the way. I don't know. if I. I, How am I supposed to make it? I can't walk that far. My clothes are going to wear out. My feet are going to hurt. God's like, oh, I got this. I'll provide on the way. And sometimes we're not happy with God provides on the way. I don't want to eat just manna. I don't want water from a rock. Well, he's like, wait till you see where I get you, where I'm taking you. Friends, right now, we're not home yet. And I know you're thinking, gosh, this." I guess I have what I need right now is okay. But golly, wait till you see where God's taking you. It's already up there. We're going to go home soon. Don't worry about right now. We'll get there. But they had everything there before they showed up. Friends, from reading this, I'm going to ask you a question. Did the Israelites have to dig their own cisterns out? Did they have to dig their own wells? No. Somebody else did that. Did they have to plant and cultivate their own vineyards? No. That work was already done. Did they have to build houses? Somebody else did that work. It was already done. And did they have to fill those houses with goods? It says God gave all this to them. He took these houses filled with goods, cisterns, wells, vineyards, all the stuff going on that they needed for great production and and, and prosperity was already done. Friends, somebody else did the work. Christian, you're going through life right now. I want you to know that you do not have to work hard enough to get your salvation. Jesus took care of that. Somebody else did the work. Okay, it is ahead of us. So they took these houses filled with goods. They didn't have to build all this. They didn't have to dig it out. They didn't have to plow everything and grow all these vineyards up because the Lord God had all of this blessing provided for them by the work of someone else that did it. Jesus Christ did the work of our salvation for us. It's yet ahead. I know that right now doesn't look all that great, but wait till you see where he's getting you. Okay, we'll get there. Israel didn't have to do a thing because somebody else did the work for them. Nehemiah 9.26, nevertheless, here we go again, good old sinful man, right? Nevertheless, they were disobedient, rebelled against you, cast your law behind their backs and killed your prophets who testified against them to turn them to yourself. And they worked great provocations. Therefore you delivered them into the hand of their enemies who oppressed them, and in the time of their trouble, when they cried to you, you heard from heaven, and according to your abundant mercies, you gave them deliverers who saved them from the hand of their enemies.